Hello, good evening, and welcome. I'm Simon Bestwick. And I'm Gemma Files, and this, of course, is Ooh. No Darkness But Ours. Last week, in part three of this interview, Gemma and I discussed the creative process, the importance of grounding the weird in the mundane, and experimental film with our guest, Linda E. Rocker. Tonight, in our fourth and final episode, we'll be talking to Linda about the pros and cons of the novel, short story, and novella, her stories exploring the legacies of other writers, and the influence of the work of Shirley Jackson. Um, but I think I, I think the short story is a great form for, for, I mean, I don't write traditional horror stories per se, but I think it's a great form for that. I, yes. think, I, think, I think it work, generally, usually works better than the novel. So. I, I think it's very hard to ask people to commit to something that's 300 pages of, yeah. you know, um, ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 300 pages, it can feel like you're fucking around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck up and fuck down. You know, it's like, it, it, it just, um, yes. And yeah. either you're, and at that point, <laughs> it becomes either you want to inhabit this place or you yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, you know, maybe start with like a no- novella first, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something that's like half to mm-hmm. a quarter mm-hmm. the size of a quote, quote, normal novel. I love the novella, too. I think that might be my favorite form in general. Yeah. With you all the advantages of the, the novel and none of while still keeping a lot of the yeah. Yeah. Short story. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's t- that's totally true. And yeah. uh, actually, the novella seems to be a lot closer to, you know, people always make the mistake of thinking uh, you can take a a novel and adapt it really easily into a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas yeah. really, it's you know, a novel becomes far more easily a, a TV series because yeah, it's yeah. got that captured, you know, layering. Um, but uh, I do think that uh, that in the same way that you can fairly easily use uh, a short story for at least, you know, the first two acts of a uh, of a of a movie, a novella is kind of the mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, you know. it's just about the right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, um, I saw some of the 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 film adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you know, Gary Oldman. Uh, and of course, part of it is that I'd watched the absolutely magisterial uh, BBC version. Yeah. Yeah. With Alec Guinness and Bernard Hepton and Ian yeah. Bannon and Ian Richardson and all these amazing actors. Yeah. Um, but of course, the other thing is, it's they, 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 they took what was a, you know, a very complex and densely layered story and they spread that out over like uh, six episodes, was it? I can't remember how many episodes it was. It was, they gave it more than enough space. Yeah. All the story and all the characters to breathe and I, I remember what I saw of the film adaptation was seemed very you know sort of like rushed and then you could see they changed important some pretty important uh, points like uh, the uh, the Ian Bannon character I think in the uh, in the film version is just killed off instead of uh, the, you know, he, play, and he plays a very big part in the mm. the uh, in, in, the, in both the novel and the, the BBC adaptation. But, you know, that lends itself very well to a serial format. Whereas, yeah, I mean, we were talking um, not so long ago about Carmilla uh, Lafani, which has mm. been 
adapted more than once uh, with varying degrees in varying degrees of undress. Uh, sorry, to varying degrees But most recently, the, the the version that was um, that we watched um, that was uh, from a couple of years ago with um, oh god, I can't remember the name of the. Um, that's just a bit. You know, brought up the, the, yes, the character yeah. of the governess much more, uh, uh, much more. But I mean, that again, that's it's a comparatively, it's a narrative that's just yeah, it is just it's right in the Goldilocks zone for yeah. a feature adaptation. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of novels that were just you just have to hack too much out of them in order mm. to. Um, uh, and, and of course, if it's if it's Tolkien, then you need you need three bloody films to. <laughs> you put with Tom Sodding Bombadil. I'm seriously hoping that uh, this rumor about James Corden doing uh, doing Bombadil is is not true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm not that I'm, a, I'm not that big a I'm not like a fanatical Lord of the Rings fan or uh, anything. But oh dear God, no! <laughs> Please. <laughs> It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> you don't need Tom Bombadil. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about uh, if there was if uh, if there was a novel in the works, but you've kind of uh, moved that question. Possibly, possibly. Please, please. <laughs> you know, Bella. Ironically, well, I there's actually a historical novel that I really want to write, but I'm going to have to do a lot of research for it. But that's that's kind of the big project on on the horizon for me, um, you know. But maybe I'll try to kind of write something else along with it while I'm doing all the research. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, that would be super general, cool. General principle, you know. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you, I mean, the other thing was, I mean, just thinking about thinking of Joel Lane again here, because because he wrote an amazing body of short fiction when it comes. We wrote. Some of the greatest short weird fiction of his generation, as far as I'm concerned. He wrote two or three, a couple of novellas, which were shorty. And then he wrote, he wrote like, we published two published in his lifetime, and there's another one which is still unpublished. And I'm not sure if he ever quite got it into the, 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 the final form that was suitable. But he wrote three novels that were all, that were very much non supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from Blue to Black is uh, the story, it's a story about a rock and roll band. Right. Uh, and the blue mask is, uh, well, it has its grim moment. It's basically something about yeah, a kid who gets, a lad who gets his face uh, disfigured in an, in an attack, and it's about you know how he deals with that. So there's no, there's none of the, it doesn't have the the weird or supernatural elements in it. He's at novel length. He seems to feel he worked in a different uh, way and addressed different concerns. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's. Uh, I would, have, I would have dearly loved to have seen something novel length in the kind of uh, vein that, in the vein that he was used to doing. But again, maybe it is like like you say, the, the shorter form is is something where this kind of weird fiction really lives and breathes. Maybe the novella is the sweet spot then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and that's not to say that there aren't great novels that that do that. I mean, you know, like I, Caitlin Kiernan's novel, The Red Tree, or you know, Ramsey Campbell obviously has written you know, loads of, I mean, I, I loved his most recent one, um, The Fellstones. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, I mean, I love experimental film. 
love that. You're thank you. <laughs> I do. I I love I love that novel. I think I think that really succeeds. And well, Simon knows he got lots of texts from me while I was reading his most recent book. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't you. believe you killed so and so. Yes, yes. I, this is how I got. This, this is why I have a badge at home saying uh, downstairs, got, uh, officially proclaiming me to be the king of the bastards. <laughs> I got that from Laura Mauro after she beat him in a couple of months. I can't believe you killed this character. <laughs> utter, utter bastard. What is happening with this guy? He's <laughs> like. I, I think experimental film, that's a great example of a novel that that maintains that great feeling that you get in a short story or novella. Like you manage to maintain that at novel length and that's a real accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think really what helped with that more than anything else was simply that, you know, that I was the main character. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to root things in, in reality if it if you're talking about your actual life. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm really trying to do that again for um, my next standalone. Um, but uh, yeah, although funnily enough, there is also something else that I'm working on, which is also a historical novel. So um, yeah. Though it is horror. It's definitely horror. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's like that was my thing about God, self-discovery and motherhood and, you know, that one moment in my life where it was like, everything has fucked up. <laughs> and this, on the other hand, I think would be more about you know, the season of the crone. It would right. be <laughs> here I am <laughs> moving very firmly from one, one point of my life to another point in my life. What will that be like? Mm, don't know. But I know how it's going to end. Yeah, we all know that bit. Unless, of course, we're, uh, you know, sort of um, Timothy Darber's mate or someone like that. Yeah. So you can, you know. <laughs> you, you can only do that once, I think. <laughs> ah, <that's... laughs> I, mean, I, was, I just read Poor Butcher Bird in um, yes, um, Best Hall of the Year 14, which is like, you know, you don't, we don't see enough Penangalans in them. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, don't see enough Penangalans because, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. A lot of your stories, and well, of course, I know this is partly because you're often writing to anthology to um, anthology calls, but your stories often involve engaging with the work and preoccupations of other authors like uh, mm. James in Who Is This That Is Coming and mm. you know, we get there. Um, Lovecraft in um, uh, in um, the uh, yeah. Unknown Chambers. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, <laughs> Macken um, again in the um, uh, what's oh, that? Yeah, what's me? The Something Woods, the Magic Woods. Uh, the, the Secret Woods. The Secret Woods, yeah. my shorts are memory is fucked. And of course, in what was a memorable case, both Robert W. Chambers and Charlotte Wilkins <laughs> at the same time um, in the Queen of the Yellow Wallpaper. Yes. Um, so, mm -hmm. You're not worthy thing here. Um, <laughs> so I, like I said, I know that a lot of that has been in response to. Um, you know, to anthology mm -hmm. calls, but I get the impression as well that you 
you deeply enjoy that kind of engagement with the sort of the work and the imagination mm. of other writers is that the case yes yeah i do um and, and actually of those that you mentioned the only one that was was the lovecraft that was the only one that was specifically written for it the rest of them were all um just yeah. my own my own desire to engage in nice. that way yeah oh, and i do i mean i i i love you know the old the old guys the old stuff the stuff that came before i mean i'm i'm steeped in that and and you know i i mean i i that's kind of where i started when i was a little kid i started reading like the monkey's paw and frank belknap long and you know i was like seven or eight and reading these stories and then not sleeping at night you know <laughs> and um um you know and i i think when i sort of got serious about wanting to and and well i mean i, I and i just i read a lot of that stuff just because i liked it and i encountered it in anthologies and things but when i got more serious about wanting to write specifically in the genre I did make a point of sort of trying to read a lot more of it. And um, yeah, I, I, I love it when writers engage in that. And I I, I like going back to those touchstones myself. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, you know, and I, I've done it with quite, there's, well, you mentioned some of the other, but yeah, yeah, that's, I, I love doing that. I mean, those are, those are my, you know, four, four fathers and four mothers, if you will. And I like to, I like to, you know, engage with them in that way. And then, of course, I mean, there's the Joel Lane story in the book that I that I wrote yeah. from his notes. Which is and um, I mean, I was I just just so happy to be able to do that because I, I loved his work. And um, so, you know, I, I and I, I love seeing modern writers do that as well. There's a writer, um, a British writer named Gary Budin, and he wrote a novella called Judderman. And he put, I love, yes. another writer I love is M. John Harrison, and he wrote yes. one of his favorite novels, uh, The Course of the Heart. And he actually put a character from, from that in Judderman. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, like, and it's just a little nod. I mean, you have to be like an M. John Harrison nerd to catch it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harrison's one of, the, one of those writers who just, does some really remarkable. Oh God! You talk about your ambiguity, you know, and just your kind of leaving you, you know. Yeah, yeah. is just such an extraordinary collection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another writer that we haven't mentioned um, is Shirley Jackson. Oh uh, yes. And I've actually heard some women. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago I saw, um, well, what, what, one woman, one uh, U.S. American, what U.S. Uh, woman horror writer, expressing some considerable annoyance and resentment at Jackson being the first name people tended to reach for when they were discussing women in horror, you know, for women, because it's, it's a lazy choice. There were loads of living, living writers do better. Um, I don't know if she was kind of like, if the, if the real thing was, you know, sort of why, why are you not mentioning me? Where's my parade motherfucker? <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I mean, uh, but I mean, Jackson's work and her influence, the mm -hmm. story. I mean, has she, has, has she been an influence on you? Or? Massive, massive, massive influence influence on me um yeah I mean huge I think that uh I mean obviously you know the haunting of hill house and we've always lived in the castle but I think like when I was a teenager the two stories that really struck me were not um not so much the lottery that's actually a story that the older I get the more meaningful it becomes to me yeah. but um 
uh, two stories called The Summer People and The Demon Lover. Yeah. And what I remember about both of them, especially The Demon Lover, what struck me again about it was the mundane recitation of detail and how she builds this world and suddenly things are askew mm-hmm. you know and it just it feels it feels so real and um uh, i mean she 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 was amazing and she you know if i if i had to name probably my top 5 influences or whatever she she would absolutely be one of them i love i love the way that she just takes these ordinary settings and you know like like aikman just tweaks them a little bit and and suddenly they're horrible you know yes <laughs> um so yeah i think shirley should always be mentioned good yes, yes. <laughs> i think we're all in agreements on that one. yes <laughs> i mean i i didn't think of it but after i finished writing knots i felt like that was a very shirley uh shirley yeah. flavored story i was like oh that kind of i could kind of see bit of yeah. that there yeah, i can totally see how yeah. yeah totally see the parallels there yeah that's yeah wow so that's another story that's just oh thank you <laughs> got into my head and i i think i was quite often yelling get that hair, get that hair, get that hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dabby's already um it's true um you know i mean it's I am always impressed when somebody can evoke Shirley Jackson. I mean, when I was called upon to do something for um, when it uh, when it gets dark, um, it uh, I I knew that it would be a lot harder for me than for some people. Um, you know, somebody like Kelly Link. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a real Shirley Jackson. <laughs> Esque writer. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, my stuff tends to be pretty, uh, pretty overt, um, and so again, I just had to go into the very subjective to try and pull the objective. But um, and and look at the things that we had in common rather than yeah. the things that I don't think that anyone has in common with her. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a hard thing, um, but you do it so beautifully. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, totally. Mm. Another thing I was wondering because I mean you've lived quite a you lived quite a, certainly for the last over quite a few years you lived quite a, quite a quite a peripatetic existence. <laughs> you know, if you, you, the, from from the U.S. to Ireland to Germany and various other mm. points. I mean, uh, has that sort of influenced your work? Um. Well, I've always I've always loved traveling. Traveling and living in other countries, and um, and I've always loved stories that are set, you know, a stranger in a strange land. I think that's such a great setup for a horror story because you've all you've got someone who's automatically dislocated and things don't make sense, you know, and they don't understand the language, they don't understand the things that they're seeing. and so I've 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 kind of been writing about. I mean, I think my third or fourth published story. Gosh, even my second. I mean, like even my earliest published stories even were 
were set in um were set in other countries like i i know i think my second one was set in ireland and the third one in the czech republic or something that like that uh yeah 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 and the chance walker in the czech republic so um, you know, the same anthology i think that's uh yeah they're in, yeah they're, they're darkness, in, darkness rising yeah yeah um so i i and i and i just i love traveling i mean i love it as in the same way that i love writing it's really a part of me and it it's, feeds my soul you know so i i think the two are just kind of intertwined and 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 setting is really important to me like like setting is another character to me and a lot of the times a story will just start from a setting that I find really compelling that I've had a really strong emotional response to. Mm. And um, so, so, and I, I mean, I, that's, I rarely set stories in places I haven't been just because setting is so important to me. So I, I love, um, I love being able to go to a place. Like I, I wrote a story for um, Mark Morris's Beyond the Veil anthology from Flame Tree Press that was set in Berlin um, after living there for a couple of years. And, and I just, uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a huge influence, and I think always always will be like the places I go will always make their way into my stories. Um, yeah. Almost a place like a character. Yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. I very much feel like m more often than not in my stories, the the place is 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 another character. Yeah, yeah. That all. I mean, again, because so much in horror is about, you know, it's about the surroundings, it's about every, it's about everything around you, and you, yes, especially yes. in that kind of very in that kind of Aikman-esque thing that you're, yeah, you're that's so central to your stuff, where the the weird is just something that arises from from everything around, from what's around you and what's within you. Yeah, yeah, the the setting has to be the setting can't not be important. In the yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Do, you know, with, with with now it's dark. Do you feel there's like a sort of central theme to the collection? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I almost think that's not for me to answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for the reader to decide. But um, I mean, I think it, it, this may be a theme that runs through everything that I write but I mean it's certainly there's there's a sense of dislocation of people who are sort of trying to connect or trying to reach out for something and 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 not finding it um but but I don't know I that that definitely feels like something that you know I would read someone else's response and I'd be like oh that's very smart yes that's the theme of my collection right there <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's often to me uh, a sense of wrongness in in good in good horror that yeah. you know yes. yes that things start to go wrong and then they continue to go wrong yeah in a way that eventually makes you realize that you are wrong and you have always been wrong yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like Javier <laughs> yes. I mean the last question I got um. It's one I often last like to ask uh, writers, which is, you know, if you, you can seal one piece of your work into a time capsule so that, like, if nothing else you've done survives into the future, uh, then this one will in like 500 years, assuming there's anyone left alive, assuming the English language isn't as dead as Latin or Attic Greek. 
you know, someone will be able to like pick this thing up of yours and read it and, you know, Linda was here uh, kind of thing. Um, you can pick one one thing you've written. Um, so given that choice, what what would you pick? Oh, God, you <laughs> choose between your children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I haven't written it yet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, if it can be a whole book. I guess the most recent book. Uh, <laughs> no, not a lot. Has to be a story. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I can. I don't think I can pick a single story. Um, no, it's just. It's just not. I mean, I don't. I don't know that there's a lot of writers, uh, you know, that aren't me that I. I don't think I could do that for. Yeah. You know, just the their their body of work is. I mean, there are definitely some writers I can point to, and I'm like that. But you know, there are others who. You know, like I would say, like someone like Graham Joyce, who's a writer I really, whose work yeah. I really love. I, I couldn't pick one thing. Um, I couldn't yeah. pick one thing by Ramsey, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So, I'd like be able to answer that question. Not myself. that I'm putting myself up there with them. I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know. No, you don't have to. We, we, we'll, we'll do it for you. <laughs> no, I, I you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what I do. You know, I, I hope the best is still ahead of me, though, so. <laughs> We'll let you put. We'll let you put. Now it's dark at the time, Cassie. Okay. I, think it's, oh. uh, <laughs> I think it ought to. I think it ought to survive into the, into the future. I believe this as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this if has you been wanna... delightful. I wish, yeah. I wish you know we were all chatting together in person. I wish we were too. That would That'll be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah. This is. Um, this has been a lot of fun. This has been. <laughs> as. Um, but if there's any last thing you'd like to say or ask or impart other than you know, um, buy my book. Yeah, uh, you know, buy my book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I, I don't think I have any wise final last words. You know, I'm, I'm just going to leave it on an ambiguous note <laughs> and you just you just won't really know how you feel. That You'll sounds just know. <laughs> now that it's dark. Now it's dark. <laughs> okay, well, this has been, as I said, absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah. Big thanks to Linda E. Rucker uh, for joining us on the podcast. And again, her collection, Now It's Dark, that's out now from Swan River Press for 40 years. They also published a previous collection. Uh, you'll know when you'll get there. Um, and your your first collection, the Moon Will Look Strange, that's available from um, Amazon. Right. <laughs> right, that's actually that's available on Amazon. Is that, uh, okay. Uh, oh, and um, my second collection, you'll know when you get there, is out in paperback now. So. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. And you so can it's... you can you can actually get that in paperback on Amazon now, I think too. So, but also from Swan River Press. So excellent. So go to Swan, go to the Swan River website or to Amazon. Um, uh, uh, for the paperback, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, stock up on, stock up on your Rockeridge because yeah. uh, <laughs> you're going to wanna. Um, I think is a, a fair thing to say. We hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, please smash that like button, share, and subscribe. 
If you'd like to support No Darkness But Ours, you can make a donation via our Ko-Fi page. Alternatively, you can subscribe to the podcast or join our Patreon, either of which will give you access to exclusive content, including deep-dive discussions of folk horror classics in the Earth and Pandas fan. All the relevant links, as well as links to where you can buy Now It's Dark and Linda's other collections, are in the description below. We will be back soon with uh, more, uh, more footage of... Jammer and I wittering on (laughs) poor unfortunates in our company Um, but until then I have been Simon Bestwick and I as usual am Gemma Files and this has been No No Darkness darkness but ours (laughs) (laughs) bye bye (laughs) Rock of that sucker.